he was initially when he came on the scene seen as somebody that could be a, a rising star. These guys who choose to live this incredible double lives where they live a public life as well and push themselves forward in a, in a public way while also pushing themselves forward in, a, in, a, in, in the criminal underworld as well. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Former Sinn Féin councillor Jonathan Dowdall and his father Patrick have pleaded guilty today to their roles in the Regency Hotel shooting of David Byrne. The pleas came days before Jerry the Monk Hutch goes on trial for the murder in the Special Criminal Court, in a trial expected to last a number of months. So who is Jonathan Dowdall and how did he end up in the dock for one of the most notorious crimes in gangland history? Today, in the first of our Crime World specials on the upcoming Regency trial, I'm talking to Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the sensational development today at the Special Criminal Court. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Well, how are you, Jonathan? You're all over the front page of the lot of newspapers today about your house being raided. What happened? Life is upside down at the moment, Joseph. Heavy to shoot. Uh, my family are in an awful state. The house was raided under Section 9 um, as being a suspected member of the IRA and they were in search of firearms and explosives. Just a couple of weeks before Jonathan Dowdall did that interview on Liveline, his name had popped up on a social media site, which we'll talk about in a minute. But he had been sort of linked to the Regency. First time we had ever heard of him in any relation to it. And I remember calling out to his house in the Navan Road. Now, if you can remember that time after February 5th, 2016, nerves were, you know, it was very, the city was very much on edge. There had been a series of murders. Um, everybody was very, very uh, scared of being linked in any way to the Regency and anything. And I called out to the house, a bit jumpy myself, I have to admit. And I spoke to somebody and they said he was out. And I just said that I wanted to just let him know that he'd been named on this site in relation to the Regency and maybe he'd call me. And as I turned to get back into the car, I looked down the Navan Road and I can still see these four motorbikes thundering towards me at full speed and everybody, the four riders were in head to toe and leathers and black helmets and visors down. I thought that was my me done. I honest to God, I thought I had met my Waterloo and I just sort of stood frozen looking at them and they actually pulled in outside Dowdall's house. It was Dowdall and some people he was with who I never identified. He didn't speak to me he just went inside I came away from the house a bit shook I have to say Um, now as I said it was a particularly tense time in Dublin but weeks later he's on Joe Duffy doing this interview yeah, I mean, it was a, obviously a tense time and, and a strange time because, you know, from from working as a journalist, it was a strange time as well because this this uh, Twitter site, uh, but also like um, it's called Sarah Sean, it was called, and all of a sudden, this is probably our first experience of this where there was a reams of po- propaganda uh, 
coming out about it. Um, obviously, straight after the Regency, there was there was names were, were, were being bandied about, but I don't think anybody had really considered Jonathan Dowdle as 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 a name as a suspect in the Regency until all of a sudden this picture was on this quite professionally done out yeah. newsletter. And I think it took us a while. I don't think back then we knew it was propaganda. Nobody really knew what it was. No. It was this social media site that was Twitter, there was a Facebook site and there was a newsletter being sent out and there was all these people being linked to the Regency and it was, as you say, professionally done but we didn't know who it was. It looked like it could have been a journalist. It just, it was weird. Yeah, it was very unusual um, because somebody had obviously put in a bit of proper effort into it rather than uh, what we did see Subsequently, which was people calling each other rats on Twitter, <laughs> it wasn't like that. But there, there was an, a, there was certainly a focus on on Republicans in the North Inner City, and certainly Jonathan Dowdle. I remember reading that name and thinking, mm. "My God, they're after throwing Naming somebody in the a mix." Businessman, yeah, yeah, a businessman, a politician, throwing somebody in the mix there, and I thought, you know. That God, that, like the the day I saw that, I thought, "Geez, that guy's life is at risk," and probably on the basis of a rumor. But yeah, of course, you know, sometimes people know more than me. It's hard to accept, and it, it, and you know, the the some of the truth of what he said has been can be seen now by the fact that Jonathan Dowdle has, you know, admitted in a court of law that he was involved in in the Regency in one way or another. In facilitating it. So, um, yeah, now up to that point, I have to say I didn't know who the hell he was. I mean, and then when you Googled him, when you look, he's named on this site as being part of the, I think from memory they named him as being part of the hit team essentially and there was something to do with him having been paid a huge amount of money or whatever. But, um, that obviously hasn't proved to yeah. be true. He has admitted facilitating this yeah. this this murder that happened out there. But he, when you Googled him then, you went back and you realised he had been a Sinn Féin counsellor. He'd fallen out, I think, with Mary Lou MacDonald and had separated from Sinn Féin and had kind of uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, whether with he, Christy Burke in the North Inner City or something. Yeah, but whether he, he, he fell out with Mary Lou personally, but certainly he'd been a part of uh, that broader organisation. Uh, he lived in the, in the Navan Road, not a million miles away from, from Mary Lou. Obviously, it subsequently emerged that he had a long-term, uh, a lifelong association with, with members of the Hutch family. Um, at some point, things had gone wrong within Sinn Féin and they had disassociated themselves from him. Um, he then uh, become, you know, involved with Christy Burke. Christy Burke has subsequently come out publicly and said he was absolutely as shocked as anybody else when he uh, found out that, that Jonathan Dowdle was suspected of involvement in the Regency. Um, but he was a very well-known guy, uh, Jonathan Dowdle, in the in the North Inner City. He was obviously living up in the Navan Road, but he's, he's from the North Inner City originally. He was involved in a lot of uh, charity work around the place, uh, some involving helping the homeless. He was a smartly dressed, uh, presentable Guy who had, on the face of it, a very successful, legitimate business. Uh, Electrics company, wasn't it? Electrics company that was thriving and um, had a, a, a lovely home um, in a nice part of, of the Navan Road. Um, a really, I think, when when he initially came on the scene, he was really a local boy done good story. Mm. You know, people, uh, you know, people really knew him around the area. Um, but obviously. It was slightly more complicated than that. And Jonathan Dowdle, I think, 
to a lifelong has a lifelong association with people involved in 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 uh, you know the provisional IRA and uh, dissident Republicans. Not to say he was a member, but he was he had a lifelong association with them, and uh, you know it. You know it is. He publicly said he was a, a friend of members of the Hutch family. Ultimately, but I mean, what was different to him about him? I think was you know. After the Regency, there was probably dozens and dozens of people raided one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But only one of them ended up on Joe Duffy, defending yes. his case. And it was literally weeks after I had that incident outside his house that he indeed ended up on Joe Duffy. Maybe we'll listen to a little bit of what he had to say. I've never been on a social welfare pain in my life. I've worked my whole life. My mother's a street trader. Um, I ran in the elections. I'm sure I've no criminal convictions whatsoever. for a breach of the peace. Year, many, many probably 20 years ago. Um, I've no links, connections to criminality or any crime organisations in, in any shape or form. So, I mean, he was out in force denying he had anything to do with anything. Yeah, I mean, I remember actually my, my dad's, I came home, I was talking to him after work one day when I, I called in and he said, God, did you hear that guy on the radio? Poor man. You know what I mean? Isn't that terrible what's what's gone on with him? Shame on your father, by the way. <laughs> just, let's just put that out there. Well, you know, I mean, I suppose that's how he came across. Mm. He came across very sincere that he was, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it wouldn't be un, 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 unimaginable that he would be mixed up in this just because of an innocent association with people uh, involved, you know, related to Jerry Hutch or whatever. He made a great case that he was, you know, it was just the, the you know, everybody who knew them was being targeted and he had something, uh, you know, he said, you know how the inner city works. Everyone knows everybody. Some of them I'm proud to know. There's plenty of others I never met. And he he made a convincing case, but... You know, as the investigation went on, mm. it, it, you know, it became apparent that uh, that that he wasn't an innocent person just swept up in this net. And actually, that raid led to him serving a very lengthy prison sentence. Ultimately, do you remember the fish tank? The fish tank was the big rumor. Um, I don't. I don't know if this has ever been. Fish co- tank. There was a huge fish tank, and it was meant to. The, what the rumor went around was that, and I think it was on Sarah Sean originally that he'd hidden the the Kalashnikovs. The Kalashnikovs underneath his underneath his uh, 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 fish tank was it, or in this fish in, tank? In in it, because I remember hearing uh, that the Garda underwater unit had been called out <laughs> to the house, so they had raided the place. They had seized a BMW, some high speed motorbikes, and including probably the one he was on um, that day I knocked on the door and other valuables and they the the rumour which I can't remember was it ever confirmed or not was that the diving unit had to go in and the fish tank was so big <laughs> that a guard a diver had to, to get in uh, in the full gear to go down to see if they could find the Kalashnikovs at the bottom of the tank now I mean that is probably a rumour that uh, is a yes, little bit far-fetched yes. but, but, but what did happen of course um was that as part of that raid, um, phones were seized, um, you know, devices, which is pretty normal. Um, and while they were seized, um, the guards obviously went through it and they found a particularly shocking video um, that really uh, brought to the end Jonathan Dowdle's business and, and political career. It was a video of um, a guy being tortured by Jonathan Dowdle, um, and his father was present at the time. So the video was literally was saved on a phone, and it showed Jonathan Dowdle quite clearly. To 
torturing this guy and making claims that he was very high up in the IRA. Yeah, and his his his, his father, Patrick Dowdle, um, who also pled guilty to facilitating the Regency Hotel attack, was heard threatening to pull uh, the victim's fingers one by one off with a pliers. So, you know, that that, that is... Uh, it's pretty pretty bad. Um, so that um, video formed the basically a case that was brought against Jonathan Dowdall and his father yes. and Patrick and the two of them were brought to court in relation to this kidnap and torture basically of a man um, and what evidence was heard during that case? Well I mean the primary bit of evidence was was Jonathan Dowdall uh, had, rec- had it recorded on his own phone the court heard that the guards had attended on an unrelated matter, which we now know was was connected with the Regency investigation, and a USB stick was was discovered. It was actually the, the video had been recorded on the phone, but saved on a USB stick. Um, it was analysed by the guards. They weren't in, you know, looking for that uh, particular mm-hmm. investigating that crime, um, and they found that they they were able to identify the victim. Um, the the victim had you know, had come into the... He, he made contact with the Dowdles when he'd uh, answered an ad looking for uh, f- about a motorbike for sale. Um, he'd he'd uh, then attended it and, and tried to buy the bike. So ultimately, there was a dispute over money. Um, Jonathan Dowdle had invited the victim to dinner in his house. Um, he picked him up outside the Rotunda Hospital in the north inner city. And when he arrived, uh, the victim was forced into a garage next to the house tied up in a chair with cable ties by by Patrick Dowdle and he was questioned um you know in a very you know not vigorous as a, yeah, is a is aggressive, a, manner. aggressive manner um they Dowdle seemed to be convinced that the victim was trying to uh, get Jonathan Dowdle's bank details mm. uh, with a view to def- defrauding him and they'd obviously allowed this 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 torture session to be recorded there was a 10 minute clip of it um you know, it was described as in court ultimately as an, a truly appalling and shocking. It went on for two hours. And um, the victim was subjected to what could only be described as a brutal assault, punctuated with menacing threats of being maimed or killed in an effort, apparently, to persuade him to admit to a plan to defraud. Mm. So it was all this. Uh, Paranoia, probably, in the case of the Dowdles. Paranoia, this 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 rush to extreme violence, mm. and uh, you know the victim obviously ultimately spoke to the Sunday World, and really a more harmless chap you couldn't have, have mm. come across. He was obviously he was also they they it was made clear that they were they claimed to be speaking on behalf of the IRA. Um, he was obviously terrified, never went to the police, and it was really just a, a you know pure. Look, I suppose mm. it, it, maybe luck isn't the right word that it, that it did eventually get solved this crime, and they went to prison for extended periods of time. They were initially extended to or uh, convicted for uh, eleven year sentence. Uh, John Tedd was convicted for eleven years and was reduced on appeal, given his 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 good record. Um, and at that point, he he you know it looked like he was going to serve a lengthy period of time. Um, I think we would have talked about and believed that, you know, people, the Regency Hotel, you know, was a... They were going to get away with it. They were not, they were not going to come come before yeah. the courts on, on that, that the, there wasn't, there were certainly suspicions, but not enough evidence to tie Jonathan Dowdle or his father to anything. 
um, there was, you know, a belief that that, you know, Jonathan Dowdle certainly had been in a car with Jerry Hutch in the aftermath of the Regency, but it looked like, you know, that was over, and he was he was. Mm. It's certainly after the first Regency trial had fallen, basically, and the state issued a null prosequi against Patrick Hutch. It really looked at that point like there was never going to be anybody before the courts again in relation to it. But it was when Dowdall was in prison serving this sentence in relation to this kidnap and torture of this individual, this victim, that he was actually questioned in in jail and charged and charged with murder now with that murder. was a shocker yeah i mean and and he he actually sort of came to the end of his sentence uh while he was subsequently charged right. to mur- with murder and ultimately actually got got bail at, at at a point in which the sunday world got him uh got got images of him back out on the streets but he he'll you know, now that he's pled guilty to a serious charge, but it's not a murder charge, but it's facilitation of of murder, which is, is going to be a lesser charge and not carry an automatic life sentence, but certainly with his criminal history and, uh, you know, that, that'll all become part of the sentencing. Now, this is, a yeah, as we said, this is a lesser charge than murder because he was, up until today, due for court on Monday to stand in the dock beside Jerry Hutch and face the murder charge. If they're found guilty in relation to that, if anybody is found guilty in relation to murder, there's a mandatory life sentence. So what has happened here, well, we don't know exactly the details. The DPP, the Director of Public Prosecutions, has obviously offered Dowdall a lesser charge if he pleads guilty, which he has done. So he will be sentenced on Monday morning, uh, along with his father, Patrick Dowdall. And as it looks at the moment, because this is clearly an ever-changing situation, Jerry Hutch and another two individuals will be in the dock without them by Monday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, the actual lengthy charge, and it's, you know, it's one of these long uh, charges that under the gangland laws that are, you know, basically very legally technical, but both men, Jonathan Dowdle and his father, Patrick, pleaded guilty to participating in or contributing to activity intending to or being reckless as to whether such participation or contribution could facilitate the commission of a serious offence by a criminal organisation or any of its members to wit the murder of David Byrne. Mm. So, And then there is a further bit of detail um, where it says... You know, part of that charge is by making a room available at the Regency Hotel Drunkhondra for that criminal organisation or its members within on that particular date. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously going to be a feature of it, you know, in terms of the, the, the basically booking the room, I think. in the So the prosecution case, I mean, this will still, uh, although they have pleaded guilty and they will be dealt with before Monday, this is possibly going to be part of the prosecution case in relation to the other individuals that are still charged. Yeah, so, I mean, I think you see Jonathan Dowdle, like, it is an incredible story mm. if you consider that, um, you know, I do remember him as a politician, you know, as a bright young thing, um, mm. you know, and he was... I mean, he's he's 43 now, so you're talking a man in his very early 30s, and he really was one of those one of those young politicians that was being uh, promoted, I suppose, as being a future leader of the you know one of the future leaders of the country, a very you know presentable uh, uh, member of Sinn Fein, an up and coming party, and and it's incredible now that that 
Sinn Féin, of course, would say he's no longer a member no, and wasn't and, no, in 2016 no, no, either. He, and, he, and he wasn't, in fairness. He wasn't, yeah. But he was initially when he came on the scene seen as somebody that could be a, a rising star. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it's, it's you know, it's incredible, uh, which we again, we've talked about again and again, but these guys who, you know, choose to live this incredible double lives mm. where they live a public life as well and push themselves forward in a, in a public way while also pushing themselves forward in a in a in in the criminal underworld as well um you know like members of the the Kinnan cartel Jonathan Dowdle sought the spotlight and sought to have exercise his his power i suppose in a couple of different ways so it's interesting um and for me as well i think and you know we'll we will discuss this more and more and particularly in the coming week as uh, the regency trial is due to get underway we'll be covering it um in detail, but it seems to me that that day, that moment in the Regency was sort of a sliding doors moment for so many people. So many lives changed, you yeah. know, over the course of that event. Um, and so many futures were mapped out so differently than they were before. Absolutely. And I mean, you, like, you know, Jonathan Dowdle and, and, and the Hutch organisation, they were both in, in the North Inner City. There was a, 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 a a nexus of power between Republicans mm. and and sort of the inner city criminals. I mean, it went back to Jerry Hutch's days in the 1960s with Eamon Kelly and the official IRA and, you know, went all the way back. And I think this was another moment where that, that little centre of power um, was was came to an end as the, the, the Kinahan cartel really wiped out that power base. Um, True money at the problem. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, Niall, for the moment, thanks very much. Thank you for Nicola. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. 